Good evening, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Two Guys Talking Craft. This is episode six, and in a second, I will be joined by the wonderful, the amazing Jared, everybody, uh, from Actors Approach Craft Technique Toolbox. Uh, welcome if you've just joined us. Um, tonight, we will be talking a bit about the actor's journey and possibly a common misconception when it comes to uh, an actor's journey. And Jared, well, he'll be sharing the endowments technique. And Jared should be joining us right about now-ish. Hi. There he goes. There he is. Good evening, Jared. How are we doing? How are you? Very, very well. Yeah, yeah. Hearing me, seeing me okay? Yeah. Love Fantastic. Love Likewise. How are things over in New Jersey this Wednesday? Good. Yeah. Things are good. What about in Aberdeen? In Aberdeen, it's nice. It's getting a little bit colder, a little bit more autumn-y and dark outside. And yeah. um, for those of you who don't know, Aberdeen is in Scotland. And um, yeah, we're just starting to experience these dark, cold, wintry style nights that we get here. <laughs> yeah, so I'm wearing a, I don't know what this is, like a thermal. It's, uh, it's starting to change here too. Yeah, man. Absolutely, absolutely. So Jared, I was just explaining to these guys what we're getting up to tonight on episode six of Two Guys Talking Craft. Can you believe it? Six episodes already. Um, we just want to thank everybody from the bottom of our hearts, everybody that's turning up, showing up to, to join us every two weeks uh, as we share this variety of different acting techniques and crafts. And um, yeah, everybody that's been catching up on previous episodes on our YouTube channel, well, on then Unstoppable Actors YouTube channel under Two Guys Talking Craft, and of course on our podcast channel. Uh, <laughs> um, these guys, they can catch up with us on, um, your website has a link to our podcast, is that correct? It does, um, yeah. The link in my Instagram bio also has that. And you can jump on YouTube and grab tons of previous episodes. Hey, it's Amy Coots. No relation to, to myself, Charlie, but Amy's here. Hey, Amy. And hello, everybody. Hello, everybody that's joining us. So I think let's just dive right in. We've got a ton we want to share with these guys tonight. Uh, Jared, absolutely. Get those goggles on and uh, get ready to dive into the world of acting craft technique. Yep. Um, I just had a little bit, like a, a two cents I wanted to talk about before we shared your um acting technique this evening and we hope that you guys can join in with that and, and get involved um but we were talking about this last week right jared we, we have a weekly call where we catch up and we were just talking about the sheer volume of people out there right now who seem to have a, a certain idea in their heads about what an actor's journey is all about and I, we were kind of discussing we don't feel that enough people are saying this thing that we're away to say right now. And this comes from a place from the heart. It comes from a place because we genuinely, genuinely want you guys to be the best actors you possibly, possibly can be. But we started to discuss that we're getting a lot of messages right now of people asking, how do I land the agent? How do I uh, get an audition for Netflix, for instance? Or how do I get in a Marvel mm -hmm. film or something like that? And it's, it's great. It's a very noble, ambitious thing to, to want to do, to, to get in your favorite film or um, get involved with a really prestigious uh, TV company or, or whatever it is. But then my next question is always, well, what experience do you have? Where are you at right now in your career? Because we're, we're all starting from different levels, right? 
if it was a ski slope, you might be going down different colours of the ski slope. Uh, some of us can manage the black slope right now. Others are right back at the, the baby slope, just learning to slalom down the hill. And I always ask that because it's really, really important, right? <laughs> In a skiing sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's really important to establish where you're at right now in your career. And yes, you can have this end goal where you want to get to, but you need to understand that there are steps that you need to take to get to that end goal. It's not going to happen just because you've said it. Saying it is not enough. That You need to take pragmatic, actionable steps bit by bit to get to that end goal. And I think a lot of people, bunny slope we've got in the comments there, absolutely. <laughs> I think a lot of people... Yep. Their eyes are, are bright with the, the end goal that they want to get to, but they're not prepared to take the journey. They're about the destination. And, and this is the big, big piece of advice with my two cents at the start of today's session, is you've got to learn to love the journey, not the destination, people. Okay, The destination is the, the end goal, and you will get there, but you'll get there through hard work, through being humble, through being kind to everyone you meet. And it's about being realistic. It's about reverse engineering the process of that's the end goal i'm at this point what steps do i need to take to get to that end goal yeah. write them down if you have to write down these goals like but it's so so important to take that step by step by step approach even if you're doing something that improves you by one percent each day to move you forward and that's a question to all you guys that have joined us on instagram live right now what is the thing that you've done this week to move yourself forward in your goals as an actor to get to that end goal that you're searching for. What's the thing that you've done? I mean, even just showing up to this um, episode today, you are doing something to move yourself towards your goal. We're gonna share a fantastic acting technique in a minute, but do let us know what is the thing that you've done to move yourself forward. And to me, it is, it's, it's such a huge, huge thing. And, and Jared, I'll just hear your thoughts on it a little second, but you've got to love the journey as an actor. You've got to be passionate you have to be prepared to be a lifelong learner when it comes to acting. That learning never ever stops. Like even for these actors that you might idolize, that might be your favorite actors, they are still constantly training. They're constantly working on their craft. And it, it just never stops. So if you imagine that you know to get to your destination, whatever it might be, you go on this long car journey. You can either spend the whole car journey being like, I'm bored, when am I going to get there? When am I going to get there? Or you can actually look out the window, look at all the wonderful things that surround you and learn to love every step of the journey, step of the way. Um, that's my two cents tonight, Jared. Sorry, I got on my soapbox and started <laughs> rambling on there. But it's something I feel passionate about. And it's not to say it's a bad thing that people want these, these you know, ambitious things of getting in a Netflix show or getting in a Marvel film or, or whatever. But it's about being realistic. And if you want to get to those steps, it's like, have you got the headshots? Have you got the agent? Have you got the casting directors, uh, connections there? Have you got the experience? Have you actually been on a film set yet? Albeit on an amateur basis and learned about what it's like to be on a film set. So um, Jared, I, before I rock it off with all my enthusiasm and passion on this, uh, what's your thoughts? I, I, I'm just really enjoying listening to you. It's, uh, <laughs> it, is, it's, it's, it is about the journey. This topic uh, was triggered because, you know, in addition to Adam and me having these conversations on Instagram Live, we, we also join other Instagram Live sessions 
and we've observed a few times on some of the other sessions where the instructor's talking about a very specific topic and then the people that are making comments are asking questions that are completely unrelated to the topic at hand and they're asking these result-oriented questions like how do i get an agent how do i get you know how do i get onto a netflix show whatever it may be and they're not even they're not even really listening and absorbing the beautiful content that's being shared in that particular instructor's Instagram live. And, you know, as the two lovers of this craft, this, this journey that we're both on, it's disappointing and frustrating that people don't, don't love the journey as much as we do, or maybe they're not even aware of it, that they're, they're focusing on the end result. And as the, the acting craft guy, I think about it from this perspective, and I think, Adam, I've mentioned this to you before, that an emotion is not something that we work for. An emotion is something that we attain because of an experience. And I sort of equate these, these result-oriented questions about how do I get onto a Netflix show? How do I get onto, you know, how do I get an agent? as jumping towards trying to just feel something without having that experience, right? And so the journey that you're on that will ultimately lead you to a meeting with an agent or lead you to an audition for a Netflix show, it's one step at a time of you developing your tools and developing your craft, just like any craft tool that you use to stimulate a response in you that results in the attainment of the emotion that you want. You don't leap over the actual experience and just feel something. We go through an experience and that's the result, right? The emotion is something that we attain. And really it's for you and me, it's all about the, the steps along that journey. And we have no idea. And that's the beautiful thing is we have no idea where it's gonna take us. We may have a, a goal of getting to here, but how we actually get there, you know, who knows? Absolutely. And that's you that's know. the beautiful thing, yeah. You've no idea that where a craft technique is going to come in useful at some point down the line. You've no idea where a connection with somebody is going to, you know, open up some kind of door to you. Is that is is being kind, being humble, working hard every step yeah. of, of the way, one hundred percent. But no, please let us know, guys. Like if you've done something this week to move yourself forward as an actor, even if it's a tiny, tiny thing, it'd be really, really nice to know in the yeah. comments um, about that. But um, but Jared, we are moving on to something that's very actionable that does help people move towards their goals as an actor and uh, we're going to share uh, an acting technique this evening right we're going to assume roles here uh, i'm going to so. be an actor <laughs> or try to be and um, you shall be coach this evening is that correct i will be a, a gentle coach and i will i will hold you softly in my hands oh, and make sure that you're safe the entire way through this exploration, Adam. That sounds wonderful. It's uh, it's halfway through the week, uh, you know. I'll, I'll I'll embrace you and and make sure that you're you're comforted all 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 throughout this. Well, wonderful. That that's, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> that's great. Thank you very much. <laughs> now, now that that awkward moment has passed, <laughs> so we had thought that we were going to talk about endowments this acting craft tool two weeks ago but we realized really early on in the last session how important it was to not rush through answering and exploring all the evidence questions and so for any of those 
uh, people that are here now that uh, had joined last time to learn about endowments, we're going to cover it now. Uh, but I definitely encourage everybody to jump over to either my website or the, the podcast, uh, actorsapproach.com, and find the link to the, uh, to the podcast for the previous sessions. So endowments. It's a term that is used by uh, Watch Michael Caine acting workshop on. I'm just reading something that came in. Yeah, I, I watched Michael Caine's uh, acting workshop on YouTube, and uh, I think yeah, I, actually, uh, I own the, uh, the the videotape somewhere in my library. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, yeah, one of the best. It's a camera workshop, right? Yeah, it's workshop, yeah, right? and I think what um, what they're saying there is that you know that's the thing that they did this past week to help move their career forward is that they watched yeah. that um, that one. Yeah, I mean. Uh, <laughs> Anytime you can learn from a master at their craft, it's a good thing. There's tons on there, right? Tons and tons on YouTube, right? In terms of yeah. like, Uta Hagen's got like three-hour workshops on there. It's crazy, right? right yeah, but uh, buy their buy their DVDs, buy their programs too. Yeah, exactly. Don't support exactly. the uh, the pirated stuff. Yeah. So endowments, right? This is a term that has been used by a number of different master acting teachers from Stanislavski to Stella Adler and others. And sometimes the word endowment is meant, it means different thing depending upon who's actually teaching it. And so in this case, what I'm specifically talking about is the embedded personal history, whether it's a real life history or an imagined history, but something that's meaningful to you, the embedded or the endowed history and meaning in the props that surround you on set. So that while you're acting, you can feed your soul, you can feed your character, you can feed the circumstances, you can feed the emotionality by simply relating to the history that's been embedded inside the props. When actors don't look at props as being a tool to help them do their job, to fulfill the various obligations, then the props are there maybe as set dressing or they function um, for a specific task, a knife that's used to cut as an example. But the props, and I'll say props, that could also mean costumes or the set um, or the environment. But when the props are endowed with meaning and history, it then becomes another tool available for the actor to relate to, to stimulate a response in them that could be then used to put into the work. Does that make sense? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And and I think yeah, what you're really getting at here as well is that this is a new way to to look at these these props that maybe have been all around you as an actor right now, like and you've just not been able to utilize them or use them in, in any great way to aid your choices as an actor. Yeah. 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 I mean, so let, let's think about it from a personal perspective. Um, let's say, you know, someone here watching ha has a necklace with a pendant on it. And, and maybe this necklace was grandmom's necklace and the pendant was a charm that um, was handed down from grandmom to grandchild. Well, every time that you uh, touch or think about or see in the mirror, this necklace with this pendant from grandmom, all of a sudden these memories surface and the memories trigger something in you. It's a relationship, it's an emotion. It affects you in some way, some given way. Well, why can't you as an actor 
embed into the props that you wear. Maybe your character actually has a necklace with a pendant. Why can't you take the time to embed an imagined story into that you know, necklace and a pendant so that while you're acting on stage or in front of the camera and you need to have a sense of nostalgia or a sense of loss or a sense of connectedness to something, you could relate to the embedded or endowed story on that necklace while listening and responding truthfully in the moment, right? Never forgetting about the reality of the moment, but just relate to it in some way, whether you think about it, feel it, touch it, think about it, look at it, and have it stimulate in you some form of a response that could then be put into the work, right? The audience doesn't need to know that you're, you know, the, the script or the director has obligated you to be in a sense of nostalgia the audience doesn't doesn't need to know that and you don't need to indicate it by you know grabbing onto it and, and <laughs> holding on it and, and doing something that's so obvious yeah. right it should be much more sure right yeah but the audience doesn't need to know that but you can simply relate to that allow the surface the emotions to surface the memories to surface the images to surface allow that to affect you and then when it begins to affect you just put it into the work but it's the embedded or the endowed story and history and meaning into the props that is the trigger for that ultimate response. And so if you take the time to endow everything around you, all the props, all of the costume pieces with some meaning, then it's not just stuff around you. It's the world of the character coming to life. You make the given circumstances of the imaginary world very real to you. There's another um, side benefit to this is that sometimes you'll be at a, a live performance and somebody's cell phone will go off or, you know, one of the grandmoms in the audience is opening up that little candy wrapper and it's, <laughs> it, you know, like it, it penetrates everybody's ears and it distracts everybody from the play and even the actors get pulled out of the circumstances for a moment. Yeah. And oftentimes actors don't have a hook to pull themselves back into the circumstances rapidly. And they lose a lot of time in the play being disconnected, watching themselves, trying to figure out where they were, get back the emotion that they were feeling. Well, if you've properly endowed all of the props all around you, you can simply look at, relate to a given prop that triggers a response in you and fast track your path back into the imaginary circumstances. It's a tool to help you do your job. Amazing. What, what are your thoughts? Um, well, first of all, about the distraction thing in, in an audience. In Scotland, people have been known to, uh, you know, be sneaking out bottles of wine and, uh, you know, just uh, little hip flasks of whiskey uh, in, in the theatre as well. That, that, that sometimes happens. I'm guilty of that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it rolls along the floor or whatever. Um, but no, I, I totally, totally buy into this. And I, th I think, like, you know, it's a very prevalent thing that you hear actors on big budget productions of, of things as well, be it theatre productions or film productions, that they get this time. They get this time to choose, you know, what props their character might have, what personal props, like, you know, they might have a look at a load of different watches or pocket watches that they might have on their person. And like, that's not just for aesthetics, right? That's not just for, oh, this might look good for this character. That is adding to the, to the life of the character for the actor. It's as you say, they're endowing it with something. They're, they're sort of using it in, in some way. Yeah. So it is, it's very much a real thing. And it's not to say you need to be on a big budget 
production for this to work, right? Like every production is going to have some form of props or as you say, it can be this personal thing that you just have on you that people yep. don't really need to even see, right? Like, um, yep. so this sounds very, very exciting. It triggers something in you when the prop has meaning, when the prop has history. You, you talk about a big budget. I was thinking about, you know, some of the James Bond uh, films. And so, you know, oftentimes there's a, a specific watch that James Bond wears that has some functionality beyond it being just a watch, right? It's got a laser, it's got this, it's, you know, it's got all these different uh, aspects to it. Well, if, if the actor endows the watch with those given qualities that it, it does something more it means something more than just telling time it has a purpose it has a history he has a relationship to that watch that will fill the actor with some sense of a secret of some sense of confidence that at any given moment if he needed he could leverage that to accomplish a particular goal and so the actor could simply relate to what the meaning of that watch is and trigger a sense of confidence in a scenario where he's surrounded where he might not feel confident does that make sense yeah totally totally does yeah so now that we've got the theory, you know, planted and we agree on what it is and that it is true that when props have meaning that we could use them to fulfill our obligations, let's play. All right. So um, for those watching what I, I had asked Adam to grab um, a couple of meaningful objects to him. And what I'll ask you to do, Adam, is, you know, pick it up and maybe you have to back up a little bit or hold it up so that we can see. But sure. what, ultimately, here's what the process is. You're going to hold the prop, feel it, relate to it, smell it, touch it, taste it, listen to it, whatever it may be. And allow yourself to be affected by the memories and the meaning of that particular prop. And while that's happening, I want you to tell us a story. And this is, this is not a monologue. This is not a show, right? This is an in-class exploration, right? I want you to truthfully share the meaning of the prop to us. And once you begin to feel your connectedness rising, something in you begins to surface more than the moment before, just allow that to happen. Allow yourself to be affected by it. And as it begins to rise, simply put the prop down and start saying the lines of the monologue that you've prepared. I think you're doing what, Pond Scum Larry again, or are you doing another yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, Pond Scum Larry okay. by a very famous writer. <laughs> so a, a, good, a, you know, a good monologue to, to play around with, a monologue called Pond Scum Larry, but we're not obligating you to feel anything predetermined. However, yeah. that prop begins to make you feel something, once you feel like you're in feeling because of the meaning of that, simply put it down and begin to say the lines of the monologue and notice in yourself how the emotionality begins to dissipate mm -hmm. because you've distanced yourself from the prop. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then once you feel like you're sort of out of feeling that you've lost that surge, grab the next prop and begin the, the process over again. Tell us a little bit of a story of the meaning of it, who gave it to you, where you got it, why it's important to you. And once your emotions begin to surge on that second prop, put that down and go back to the monologue. If you can't remember where you were in the monologue, it doesn't matter. You can go back to the beginning. You can start anywhere. Allow those feelings to color the piece. And then once you begin to dissipate again, grab the third 
prop. And again, tell us a story once it goes on the rise, go jump into the monologue. And then once those three are done, we'll stop. We're gonna talk about an experience and then we're gonna do the second version of this exercise. Right. No, that all makes sense. And, and, and I'm telling the story as I'm sort of in, engaging with this prop, first of all, yeah? Yeah. yeah. That makes where, sense. where did you get it? Who gave it to you? What, what is the meaning of it? It may spark okay. ideas. And, and But the point of this exercise is not for you to tell us the story of the prop from beginning to end. The point of the exercise is to recognize the moment yeah. that the meaning of the exercise takes hold of you and transforms your body so you can pick that that up that effect up yes. and put it into the work right no great no perfectly so you, you you own the uh the ability to know when that prop goes down you go into the monologue and then back to the next one great 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 and, and it's and just to really really clarify as well John, as soon as i've done the first one and i've sort of felt i've lost the momentum then i'm going to my second one and then I'm going back to okay, fantastic. Thank you. Okay. Right, okay. Okay. Off you go. Okay. Um, so this rather beaten and battered book is the complete works of Shakespeare, and it, it means a, like a huge, huge amount to me in terms of um, it was given to me by my first ever drama teacher. Like like before, I met this man. I had no interest in acting whatsoever, and he. Um, completely believed in me, like to, uh, to a place where he actually probably pushed me to like be an actor. And um, I'd worked with him in, in school for a number of years, and I was having a leaving party because I'd got into drama school down in London. And he gifted me this uh, book, this complete works of Shakespeare. And um, yeah, like, as you can see, it's it's been well well used, and it's helped me on many an audition, and it's been very very faithful to me. And, Jump into the monologue. Um, yeah. Okay. Dysfunctional, volatile, disengaged, narcissistic. That's what she called me. That's what she called me to Becky. Why is she even talking to Becky anyway? I mean, Becky don't know nothing and she knows it. What, what sort of distorted lens is she looking through that she sees me in that way? Disengaged. I've known myself my whole life. Make nobody call me disengaged. I engage. I'm an engager. Put somebody in front of me and I'll engage the heck out of it. Okay. Second prop. Good. Yeah, your body's telling you that you've distanced yourself a little bit from the feelings that were triggered from the book. Great. Pick up the next prop. Jump right mm. into it. What's this one? This little guy. This little guy, I'll show everybody. Um, is a little pelican that I got uh, from the Maldives this time last year, October 2019. And it was uh, where my wife and I went on honeymoon. Um, a lot's changed in a year, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, and this this little guy, the pelicans are all around the little island that we were. So we got this little magnet to remember. Our time on the island by was just the most beautiful, wonderful time um, that we had on a holiday ever. And when I do look at it, it fills me with uh, joy and relaxation and chill. And look, I, I've known myself almost my, my whole life and ain't, nobody ever called me disengaged. I engage. I'm an engager. Put, put something in front of me and I'll engage the heck out of it. Disengaged. This doesn't make any sense. And volatile. 
That's ridiculous. I, I'm as level as a two by four. I'm flat. I keep that stuff, inside stuff, locked up inside. So I just don't get it. Third prop that I'd like to share with you is this um, cheese knife. This cheese knife was given to me by my wife's grandmother. And um, she often goes on trips to like Europe and stuff. And she went on a trip to um, Switzerland and came back with, with this and some lovely Swiss cheese. And um, yeah, when she always comes around to the house, she has this like tartan bag, this plasticky tartan bag that she um, carries around. So she, yeah, whenever she's been on a trip, she takes these things out. And this is one thing that she gave us, sort of, uh, it must have been about nine months ago or whatever. And then, um, yeah, we quite often use it if we have a little bit of, bit of cheese. Um, yeah, it, feel, it fills me with sort of love for my family, for, for her. And volatile. It's ridiculous. I'm, I'm as level as a two by four. I'm, I'm flat. I keep that inside stuff locked up inside. So, so I just don't get it. She talks this hogwash to Becky and Becky thinks I'm nothing. Less than nothing. I'm pawn scum to these people. I'm dysfunctional, volatile, disengaged, narcissistic pawn scum and there's nothing I can do about it but embrace the new me. So here's to me, pawn scum Larry. Okay. Okay. Good work, Adam. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting. Do you want to share your thoughts and experience? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think um, for me, I picked three items. And, and we can reveal a bit about the background of these three items in a little minute, if you like. Ones I was more drawn to emotionally than others. Ones I'd spent a bit more time sort of emotionally engaging with um, more than others as well. Ones had stronger feelings than others, I, I, I guess, too. And, and I think um, also, yeah, with the monologue, learning that monologue, maybe having a bit of a preconceived, albeit subconscious, idea of the, the through line of that monologue. What that forced me to do as an actor there was to play, as you said at the start there, to play and come at it from different angles, from different places. And I actually quite surprised myself, you know, and, and the entry points that I made there, I think, because I, I haven't explicitly done this exercise before, as an actor, I, I think I've done it subconsciously, but I haven't actually like consciously thought about embedding a prop, you know, as, as an actor. So I think I was possibly in my head a little bit as an actor with trying to bleed the, the feeling of the, the prop into the in, into the monologue. You know, you get me. And I feel like the more I strengthen my imagination and strengthen my connections with these props, the more I'd be able to dive right into that so so like i can totally totally see the effectiveness of it i'm just analyzing me personally from a point of view of an actor feeling like i haven't given enough time and effort to get to really squeeze all the juices out if that makes sense well, okay. to, to, to be fair you've played around with it for three minutes so you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. 
you give me give, you give, you, give yourself a break right i, <laughs> I thought it was quite beautiful uh yeah sure we, we always want to you know do more feel more all that but what any success is success that's something yeah. that i had heard from uh, eric morris one day when i was training with him he says any success is success even if it's this you've experienced something in your body that you now understand that you hadn't understood before it's mm. not about being perfect it's not about doing it to the best of it, your ability every single yeah. time it's about the journey yes so and i'm curious if anybody wants to share some comments on uh instagram live you know what what your thoughts are to what you had observed um but what i had asked adam to do was pick two items that he personally had a relationship with some meaning behind those props so that he could very easily connect to it and share and then the third prop was something that i asked adam to say to his wife just before we started hey just go grab something and hand hand me anything it doesn't matter what it is it, it could be you know a hat it could be a pillow it could be anything so uh, and what i wanted was for me not to know which of the three props adam was exploring was the made up one right we were doing endowment on the fly we were creating history and meaning and embedding that history and meaning into the prop on the fly and when you speak it it comes it comes uh, true right it becomes reality for you because now now unfortunately every time that you look at that thing you're going to remember this uh this endowed or this embedded uh, imagined history uh so it will now have meaning going forward so i i don't know which one it was i mean if if i had to guess maybe the you know the cheese knife i i don't know but i couldn't necessarily make a distinction between the uh between the three i believe the story of the relationship with the teacher uh with the book and it filled you i i wrote down sentimentality love and pride um, the pelican, I said it filled you with uh, love and joy, but also a feeling of uneasiness because so much has changed <laughs> from then to here. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, the, uh, the the cheese knife, there was a different kind of love. It wasn't a, a, a light um, romantic love. It was like a, I don't know, it was, it was a, a deeper um, respectful love is what I felt. Um, and look, so Amy uh, wrote down a great way to explore a monologue. And that, that's Amy, that's a, the exact point is to not fall victim to just doing the monologue based upon the literal interpretation of the words, right? Some of those words in, the, in that monologue are angry words. They're, they're harsh words. And a typical predictable actor is gonna say those angry words angrily. Well, if you allow yourself to just simply explore and allow these props that have been embedded with meaning and history to fill you, and you put that feeling into the monologue, you will stumble upon new meaning and new understanding to the piece that you never would have had you just been, you know, tied to the hip by the literal interpretation of it. So, yeah. Adam, round two of this is I want you to do the monologue again and yeah. off screen without um, showing us. I want you to simply touch touch the props one at a time, but don't go in the same order that you went. Sure. So okay. you know, start with the little figurine, go to the book, you know, whatever it is. It does it doesn't matter. I want you to go in a different order. Yeah. And 
and don't stop the monologue. Just allow yourself to be affected by the props and whatever comes out, comes out. And you, it doesn't need to be broken up into thirds, right? If you want to yep. cycle through and go in random order 12 different times, that's totally fine. Uh, yeah. but before you do, there was a the comment. Yeah, Rob, Roberts uh, said something there, right? Okay, let's see. I think it is easy for us to get into patterns, yes, when we deliver or perform a monologue. I think in endowing a prop as demonstrated by this exercise can break us out of the habitual and create an authentic in the moment experience full of surprises. 100% the point of this exercise. That's exactly what we're doing in class, right? In this exploration, that's the, that's the point of it. Break those patterns, discover something new, learn that you can embed meaning in all of the props so that when you are performing, you've got a tool available to stimulate something in you to help you do your job. But that's well, a spot on uh, understanding of it. No, absolutely. Thanks so much, Robert and Amy, for those comments. And please, yeah. guys, we, we love it, right? Like, let's, we're here because we have fun together with, with each other, but we're, we want you guys to get involved as well. So please do drop in comments, yeah. questions, anything like that in the, in the chat. So cool. So we're going for a, a second time round, Jared. I have yeah. the props that I've arranged out in front of me here. So... And I'm, I'm revolving the order that I'm doing it in, right? Yeah. I can touch these props at any given time as I go through the model. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so just allow those props to trigger the memories, the embedded history, the meaning to affect you in such a way that the resulting emotion or point of view that comes out of that is what colors the monologue leave the concept of what those lines are supposed to be about off to the side right? we don't want mm -hmm. we're not trying to make sense and do a good monologue we're trying to learn a new acting craft skill mm -hmm. that you can mm -hmm. use later on for your work absolutely okay dysfunctional volatile disengaged narcissistic that's what she called me that's what she called me to becky I mean, why is she even talking to Becky anyway? Becky don't know nothing and she knows it. I mean, what sort of distorted lens is she looking through that she sees me in that way? Disengaged. I engage. I'm an engager. Put someone in front of me and I'll engage the heck out of it. Disengaged. Just don't make any sense. And volatile. That's ridiculous. I'm as level as a two by four. I'm flat. I keep that inside stuff locked up inside. So I just don't get it. She talks this hogwash to, to Becky, and Becky thinks I'm nothing. Less than nothing. Pond scum of these people. Um, disengaged, volatile, dysfunctional, narcissistic pond scum. And there's nothing I can do about it but except the new me. So here's the me, pond scum Larry. Beautiful. Excellent. 
Yeah, so take a moment to just breathe and um, anybody that, you know, observed that, um, what did you experience? What do you perceive Adam experienced? How, how did that differ from the first one? Um, you got a, a thumbs up from, uh, from one of my friends, Amy. Hello, Amy. Um, Thanks, Amy. Tell me how, uh, well, because we got a comment in. I'm really bad at doing self-tapes and giving fake emotion when I don't have other actors to do the scene with. What advice would you give? Um, so I'll address that uh, at the end if we have some time. Yeah, but I'll so let's, let's jump into that at, at the end. Definitely, definitely yeah. we'll come back to it. So tell me, Adam, what, what was your experience? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, again, I was literally like, as you were saying there, I've, that second time around, I was thinking much less about the monologue, okay? I was thinking, um much less about those words and much more about just connecting with the memory of each prop yeah. right um i think um it's much easier if somebody was doing this and this is just a, a tip for for next time i think because i've got two props that feel sort of similar they feel sort of a similar yeah, sense pick in terms three of with very stuff. different yeah, yeah pick, pick three with very different right um <laughs> and i guess yeah what, what i've like what the enduring thing across all these three props for me is they, they've all got to do with love in some way right i love and but respect different. that teacher yeah, who, different, yeah, loves. different loves different loves the love and respect i had for that teacher who who believed in me who yeah if he didn't like i would have had a very different path in life and uh, the love that i've got for my wife and this amazing sort of time that we had in the Maldives and stuff like that and obviously romantic love and then the love I have for family so, so it all revolves around love and it's like trying to engage with those three different shades so so I guess um I, it was lovely well, that's right? okay like, because he, even yeah. though you say love 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 there are three different colors on the palette of love yes that for me as an audience member experiencing that did not have one color it yeah. felt like there was, as as a couple of people said, there was depth and subtext and, and palpable emotions that were flowing through them. So although it didn't get to volatility and anger and all that stuff, which I'm glad, right? It had plenty of variety, despite the fact that it was with inside, like if I was gonna have a, a pie chart and say, that's the love wedge, it was mostly yeah. with inside that love wedge, but it had a wide variety with inside. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 I think that, that that sense of play, that sense of discovery, like you're right, there's different shades of love that was experienced. So, for example, the story about my teacher with this this um, Shakespeare book here, like that, yeah, almost like came a sense of defiance, a sense of like, how dare people sort of say people from my background or whatever, or like you know, because it was like a rougher school and stuff like that. How dare people say that we can't do these things, that we can't, you know go to drama school that we can't be actors that we can't do you know like so that was more yeah like that that's felt a deep connection i felt like um i can't remember if it was this time or last time like i never saw that for larry but he almost had this sense of um reveling in the fact that these women were calling him these things that he was like laughing about it like he was there uh, you know the defiant like i've never really seen that angle um to come come at the the monologue as well so i think let's, that let's, is not, let's not rush past that because that is yeah. that's such an important point that when you apply a new tool and you allow the tool to lead you stumble upon a new understanding of the piece that you never thought of before 
and that gives you a deeper insight into the material and it will accomplish one of two things the first one is it will give you a new path to create this character in a way that you never have or two it will validate for you because that new discovery may you may go that's totally wrong i discovered it but that's wrong for the character it will validate that your your instincts your initial inclination that you're on the right path so mm -hmm. regardless of what the discovery is it's beneficial mm -hmm. to the journey yeah yeah no no definitely definitely and, and, and like i already feel by doing this exercise i'm, I'm filling myself up a bit like a balloon you know like a, an air balloon with with tons and tons of new energy like if i was to go back to it again it, all that stuff would still be floating around there underneath mm -hmm. the surface that is going to eke out in, in different ways you know so even though these three specific props like you know when i'm doing them all i'm not i'm not going to do it in in that way you know when i'm when i'm on stage or, or whatever possibly right but that i've always got this new life this new energy sort of floating in and, and, it, and it can be argued right Jared, that if you have a real real connection with one of these props that you feel it's a real access point that you do have it there like you do have the thing that you touch and stuff as well right absolutely right so if you have the ability to have the prop on stage with you or on set with you and it's appropriate for the production what a beautiful thing but if you don't this is where it is so important that you as an actor have the sense memory skill at your disposal. Sense memory is such an important acting craft tool that it's, it's the foundation of so much of what we as actors do. And that if you don't have the practical knowledge of how to do sense memory so that you can create things that are not there in such a way that your senses respond as if they are there, so that the response in your senses by this sensorily created thing triggers a response in you that you can put into the work right that's the point of sense memory create things that are not there so that they impel a response in you so if you do not have the ability to have an actual prop that affects you then you must use the sense memory process to endow or endow or embed into the actual props around you. So look, maybe you're, you're, at, you're at a desk and there's a book on the desk. You could endow that with sense memory with the qualities and attributes of the Shakespeare book. Mm. So that when mm. you hold the book prop, which is not the Shakespeare book, it triggers in you that same visceral response. Mm. Mm. Amy's saying that she saw Bo Bridges and Dow props in an episode of Law and Order and it was very chilly. I wonder what the prop was. I remember those episodes. He was, Bo Bridges is an outstanding actor and very well-trained, very craft-oriented actor. Love watching mm. his work. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. I need, I need to check Fa him out. Fabulous I, Baker Boys. I haven't seen Jim, it. Yeah, uh, I, need to, I need to watch it. Uh, Jeff Bridges' brother, Bo. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. I can't keep up with all the Law and Orders as well. There's like Law and Order everything. <laughs> <laughs> from every different country. baseball caps oh nice nice baseball caps yeah it's coming back yeah, to nice. me um so uh everybody online what do you think of the three props the book the little uh bird figurine or the cheese knife which one is the uh the made up one what do you think is the is the story of the teacher with the book the real story 
what's behind door number two? <laughs> the the bird is is the the little bird is that is that a true story? Is that from the Maldives on the honeymoon? Um, and did Adam's lovely mother-in-law give him a cheese knife that makes him think about his mother-in-law? What, what what do we think? I, I'll throw out a guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm like I'm teetering between the uh, the little bird or the uh, the cheese knife, um, and I'm I'm leaning towards um, I'm leaning towards the cheese knife, but it's just an arbitrary guess. But, uh, Sonny says the book is real. Yeah. Sonny, I can reveal that the book is real. It was real. Should have run a game show. Yeah. <laughs> Indra, you are absolutely right. The book was real. Well done, my friend. I can uh, reveal. A Amy Coote says the bird is not real. The bird is the one that's. Amy Coote thinks the, the bird, this pelican, this She's little pelican. She's disrespect you, your isn't real. honeymoon and your wife. <laughs> Come on, Amy. You share the same last name. I can reveal that if you look really closely at this little pelican guy, he does have the Maldives on it. Oh. And that was real. That was real, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, Amy, you're going home with no price tonight. No Apologies. Price. Thanks for playing the, on the game show. And then that cheese means knife. that it's cheese knife. <laughs> What's the fake story, everybody? What's the fake story? The cheese knife. I asked my wife to hand me something. Yeah. She handed me a cheese knife. I don't know what that says about our relationship. I'm not sure. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> the, the, really, the, the lovely thing is that on the fly, you created this story that now has an embedded or endowed meaning in history that the next time that you're cutting, you know, some Swiss cheese, even though it's not true, the, the, you know, the thought of your mother-in-law is going to pop into your head. <laughs> it's, you know, it's going to trigger some, some memory, you know, for you. Well, I also want to I want to bring up this quick point that yeah. something happened to you during um, I think the the first more than the second but it happened in both a little bit and that is you you lost the line the next line of the monologue it took you a moment or two to go back and find it again and as an acting teacher whenever I see an actor that I know knows their monologue forget a line while exploring a new acting craft technique yeah. i i bow in appreciation because what that <laughs> tells me is that you are faithfully exploring mm -hmm. the exercise faithfully exploring the craft technique and breaking patterns in your memory cycle for the monologue that mm. would not happen if you were just using the predetermined concept, the pre-planned stuff. Mm. So, mm. When, so when you faithfully apply, the, I'm laughing at the, uh, the cheese knife story, coming <laughs> from Sunny. When you faithfully uh, work through a new craft tool and you forget the lines, that reveals to me that you're working the process and I could not be more appreciative. Yeah, no, well, no, it's, I think it's a very valid point, isn't it? As soon as you, lose those lines it is it's as uh, you said there and i think richard in the comments said earlier on you're breaking patterns you're yeah. breaking pre preconceived ideas and stuff and I, and I and i think like some of the stoppages as well it just comes from a place i just try to be faithful to the exercise and just try to care, find out find Transition. a connection you know, not, not forcing it but just yep. taking the time to to hopefully let it drink it you know yep. not not feeling the pressure to make it seem interesting or to make something happen but just Yep. trying to you know engage faithfully with it is, is some of those stoppages as well you know right. um and and of course you do 
I, I think from a craft technique point of view, these stoppages and these little breaks and stuff like that are very valid when it comes to performance and you get somebody that is loving every little second of what they do and they have a little <laughs> that's when I have an issue and a problem with the whole stoppages and stuff right but but from the, from this point of view yeah like I think you you've got to take your time and and just allow it to bleed into you 100 yep. percent um I'm just looking at time chat I can't believe we've yep. been like 50 minutes of this already like well first of all thank you so so much everybody for for joining us like we really mean it from the bottom of our hearts we are so so grateful for you to stay the course with us or even just to drop in for five minutes we hope it adds value to you in some way and um, we have a little bit of time for any questions comments any questions about the technique that jared just shared today if you want to talk about that um also i guess we can talk about anything that might be in your guys heads right now as well because we're here to be a community to, to you guys as much as we possibly can i'm just going back to sonny's question here jared um so sonny is having uh, is, is saying uh, that um there's a preconceived idea i guess i'm, I'm adding that bit uh, really bad at doing self tapes and giving fake emotion when i don't have other actors to do the scene with what advice would you give is the question so i mean i mean that is that is a tricky one isn't it it's a tricky thing because additions and certainly self-tape additions are acting in less than ideal circumstances i would say you know that you're going to have to bring a lot of your your a game to to make it as truthful and as realistic as you can like part of the thing part of the advice i'd give sonny is to really work at the background of um where your character's coming from, why they're there, um, you know, engaging with some of those fundamental questions like who are they talking to, really try and visualize the, the place that you're at uh, in the room, like fill yourself with as much specificity as you possibly can about the scene and that will help to add to your confidence and performance and your choices, you know. I guess coming from a truthful place, coming from a realistic place, it is always going to be difficult but I guess it comes to the philosophy of putting the hard work into the scene, rehearse it, and, and then just try and, and engage with your objectives as an actor as much as you possibly can and be on the, the front foot with it and, and just let, uh, let it affect you emotionally, let it sort of bleed under the surface. Um, and um, it's easier said than done, though, of course. But Jared, what's your two cents on that one? Yeah. Uh agree with everything that you just said you know you have to have a clear understanding of who you are where you are how where you are affects what's going on what you want what you're fighting for what they just did that triggered this monologue or this scene as a response and like i had mentioned earlier on if you're trying to feel something and you're working mm -hmm. to because i think what what uh, sunny wrote is uh, giving fake emotions, right? You want to do real emotions. Well, look, emotions, again, are not something that we work for. Emotions are something that we attain as a result of an experience. And so if you do not have a specific process through which to stimulate and encourage an emotion in your body, and you're just trying to bring it out, you, it will be unattainable, right? It will forever elude you. So once you identify what emotions you believe are appropriate for the character to be expressing in that moment, what are the craft tools that you're using to bring forth naturally that emotion in you? 
Today we just talked about, obviously, endowments. So if you need to be sad or sentimental, okay, well, what prop do you have available to you that brings out that truthful sadness or sentimentality? Put it off camera and just look at it while you're delivering the lines and let it naturally stimulate something in you. We've talked about mantras. We've talked about gestures. We've talked about a whole variety of different acting craft tools, which, by the way, are available on my website, <laughs> right? Theactorsapproach.com. But no. have a specific craft tool available to you that is dependable, reliable, repeatable, and affects your body in a natural way that you're not forcing anything. Absolutely. No, I, I think that's brilliant. Yeah, just don't sleep on that, right? Just the, the sheer volume of techniques and strategies that could be available to you that could work in any given moment. And and Jared, you know, rather jokingly mentioned about his, his side, but in all seriousness, like it is packed ton full of that uh, sort of thing, Sonny. Um, I would highly, highly recommend as as a you know a professional um, actor. It's it's got tons to offer to people. So, um, so yeah, I I'm just looking at our comments here. I think oh no, we're we're, we're caught up. We're caught I up. I think we're good. Comments. Yeah. We're good. Um, so, hey, uh, where can people find you, Adam? And I know you're doing some online coaching. So tell us about that. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Well, I mean, first and foremost, you can find two guys talking craft stuff uh, that Jared and I do every two weeks um, on a Wednesday. Um, you can catch up with us on, on YouTube. I just uploaded a couple of uh, recent episodes, uh, Jared, on, on YouTube as well. Um, and you can also catch us on SoundCloud. That's where we are putting up our podcasts at the current moment. You find that on uh, the link in my Instagram bio and on Jared's website as well. Yeah, Jared's right. I'm, I'm doing some one-to-one -one coaching right now. If anybody would like, um, yeah, just to achieve their specific goals that they have as an actor, I'm always, always open to hearing from you. And um, yeah, you just drop me a message or follow the link in my bio. And um, Jared, yeah, just can you explicitly tell us a bit more about actorsapproach.com and, and what's going on over there? Yeah, sure. So actorsapproach.com is my website where the Actors Approach Craft Technique Toolbox is available. It's a subscription-based tool, uh, over 45 hours worth of content, through over th maybe 375, maybe 380 at this point, videos with specific acting craft tools. So you find what you're looking for in terms of emotions, characters, relationships, and you dive in and you learn through, uh, through video training, and you practice and you apply a ton of information about preparations because preparation is key right if you're not prepared to work you can't so you've got to you've got to go through the preparation phase first so there's a lot of information there so actorsapproach.com come check yeah, it out yeah 100 check it out and then jared's blog as well is absolute fire every week knocking out of the park with his blog post so i like this week check i was happy week. i was happy with this week's blog uh, about yeah. the, you know acting lessons from the first responders i was uh, i was really I like enjoying that. writing that one Oh, it was an excellent analogy. So like, every point like that you were given, like just added and added, added more to your case. It was like yeah. it was yeah. excellent. Check it out, guys. Check it out. Um, but thank you all so so much for joining us this evening on our Instagram live. We want you to enjoy the journey, not the destination. People uh, love being an actor every single day. Do something to move yourselves forward every single day as well, even if it's by 1%. And you've done that thing today by joining us uh, for our session. So well done. Give yourself a pat well on the back. Done. We'll be back in two weeks' time. Right, Jared? You got it, Adam. We'll see you later. Bye, lovely people. See Bye, you later. Thank see you. Bye-bye. Thank you very much.